Okay, hello, welcome to episode 237 of Sap King's Therapy. Uh, we just finished the Suns game literally about a minute ago. <laughs> um, it's, it actually hasn't been long at all. So the Kings lose and go to the Golden 1 Center 122 to 117. They lose to the Suns. Uh, they now drop to 10 and 9. And what seed are they for? Does it? They are about the seventh seed and i don't know what other games are still going on that may you know contribute us going up or down but so far that's where we're standing we should be good for now because it's only the lakers and pacers so how what's the next closest loss um on the what like what's the next number of losses uh, below us so it'll be 11 and 10 which is the warriors and the Warriors are the eight seed? Yes. Okay, so that makes sense. All right, so let, let, let's talk about this game. Um, I basically said it was a shootout, it was a shootout, but with layups and dunks. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like that, you know, we played little to no defense again. Uh, the Suns as well felt like, yeah. Played too well to no defense as well, uh, even though they're rated pretty highly in the defensive rating. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So, like, the first half, specifically, was a shootout with just layups and dunks. And the way you could tell by that was Sabonis got a bunch of dunks. And you, you just don't see that a lot, just because he's not exactly an athlete who, you know, flies into the, into the rim. A lot of just pocket passes, and it just led to dunks by Sabonis. Um yeah, and yeah, weirdly enough, the Suns didn't play much defense either. It, it was weird because, you know, like they, you would think they would have good rim protection with DeAndre Ayton back there. And then you have an elite defender in Mikael Bridges, but it wasn't really going like that during the first half at all. It was just score, 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 and see, you know, who who, who decides to play a little bit of defense. And whoever plays the, that little bit of defense will be the one that is up. And that ended up being the Kings. Yeah, it felt like uh, we played pretty decent defense for the most part, but, you know, one guy that couldn't stop, uh, you know, get himself going. I mean, he pretty much made most of his shots over us. Yeah. Um, all right, let, let's get into the second half. So the King, we'll talk about that that guy who was Devin Booker. We'll, we'll talk about him in a bit. But uh, to open the third, the Kings come out flat for some for some reason. The ghost of Kings past co continues to haunt the Kings sometimes. Uh, they open the third on a twelve to two run, or giving giving the Suns a twelve to two run, and they immediately go down by ten. And basically, for the rest of the game, just played catch up because of that ten, initial ten and zero run. And you know, they showed a really good effort. Just it was a fun game going down the stretch. It even took the lead at one point, but it was for a very short time. But then they just couldn't get the stops uh, in order to win this game. Yeah, which is, you know, too bad because if we were able to stop pretty much Devin Booker, I feel like this would have been a pretty even game for the most part. Yeah, and I had mentioned it during the game. Like, at a certain point, the Kings have to figure this out. Like, where if a guy has 36 fucking points in the third, might want to start doubling him. Now, the Kings did start doubling by the end of the third when Bismack Biombo checked in, but they should have done it even earlier with even DeAndre Aiden out there because guess what? Not a, Booker doesn't really, is not a great, you know, uh, passer out of the double team. And even if you can get on the short row, like DeAndre Aiden, like, you know, not in dunking or layup range isn't that scary. And so at a certain point, the Kings... You either need to blitz the guy, stop him from getting his points because he's just doing whatever he wants, either double him, get the ball out of his hands, or some find some way to prevent him from getting to his spots. And basically, even though they put Davion Mitchell on him, valiant effort, like he did as well as he could, but he's a he's like you know five inches shorter, and also they just they would just screen him and let Booker get to his spot, and he would just score at will. At a certain point, double double him or just stop him from getting to a spot. And the Kings didn't either, and the and Booker ended up with forty two points. Yeah, at at this point, I mean forty four. Sorry, forty four. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like we could have just switched him to a different guy. Maybe Barnes could have been the guy to, you know, guard him. Or, you know, I, I remember you saying it during the game. Maybe KZ could have, you know, got some more minutes and uh, guarded him as well. Yeah, I get like, you know, he, there's spacing issues with him. And, you know, there's some spacing issues a little bit with Davion as well. Although they do kind of respect him. But, you know, try out KZ. Like, you know, just put it, put a guy in just to kind of slowly wear him out and then, or just, honestly, just give him a different look. Again, you just need someone to do something. If you're not willing to double him each time, you just got, you have to just find a way to kind of stop the bleeding. And I just felt the Kings didn't do it early enough. Now, when they started double teaming him, guess what? You pass it to Biombo who has bad hands and just, you know, cannot, you know, really score off the short roll. Like then the Kings started to make things happen. Why didn't they do it earlier? The Kings just need to figure these things out. And I hope that they do at some point, because I've been saying this for like the past few games, like, you know, the defense, I feel like they're going to figure it out, but, and there's, you know, you can see baby steps, but getting a little impatient, you got to start showing results at some point. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that in a bit, but yeah, the defense continues to just be a, a work in progress, but similar mistakes of the past still exist. And this, and you know, a mirror, a, kind of a mirror image of this game was the Julius Randle um, game at, at the Golden One Center last year, where, mm. you know, Julius Randle's going off and, you know, you might want to double team him. And they just never did. I think they did it like, like in the fourth quarter, but like once during that game. And, yeah. you know, he threw it out and they didn't score. So why didn't they do that? there's still these mistakes still happen and this game it was Devin Booker and again valiant effort individually from Davion and even from like Fox on certain possessions but do it earlier you gotta again the ghost of Kings Kings Pass still continues to haunt the Kings and it's on Mike Brown to kind of drill these things in but it's also on the players to really like you know execute that stuff and it's they're just not doing it yet and you know, again, at a certain point, they gotta they gotta show improvement on that end. Oh yeah, I'm hoping Mike Brown gives a good talk to them because I mean to be honest, this is a pretty close game and it was uh, pretty winnable, but yeah, definitely the defense kind of failed in this uh pretty much throughout the game. And also you look at this team, it's not a great team by any means, like especially because they don't have Chris Paul. Like Mikhail Bridges is nice at all, but you can you can live with any shot he takes. He ended up what? You know, one for six from three. Like, mm-hmm. you know, make him beat you. Wow, Devin, Devin Booker was only one for six from three. Wow. Didn't feel that way, but like make anyone else beat you. And they just don't now. Granted, like they let Damian Lee beat them, and he did. And you know, shout out to Damian Lee. Always finds a way to hurt the Kings in some way. Like he he had some big shots in the fourth that two of them, two of them, you know, big threes to basically kind of give the the Suns a cushion that they never really relinquished. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. But the fact that you let Devin Booker go off the way he did, you can't have that. And you know, again, they gotta they gotta work on it and we'll see if things kind of figure themselves out. Like now the I'm not saying the Kings can be this, but there was a huge turnaround with the with the Celtics last year and you know at and they just kind of they just kind of figured some stuff out I can't really pin down what they did but you know there's hope and the hope is that they do just become just simply become better on defense and maintain somewhat of a competent offense and you know that should at least get you into playing well we shall see and hopefully it happens soon okay um, I also, another thing I just want to talk about, like, it's, it's weird with the Kings as of late. So in this game, they made nine threes. However, they only took 25. They shot 36%, which is pretty good. But at the same time, what happens to just taking threes? It's, it's weird. It's a bit odd. Now I don't, I'll be honest. I didn't really pay attention that much to how well the, the Suns were defending three point line, but the Kings like missed some makeable ones and it's been a bit odd at like in these past three games, you know, it's a three game losing streak. It is what it is. Tough teams. But at the same time, they've kind of cut down on their volume of threes in the past three games. 
Hmm. Yeah, which is interesting because uh, what you would call it. Well, specifically Kevin Herter. I mean, he hasn't hit a three since the um, Atlanta game, which I want to say he hit three for seven that game and, you know, none for Boston and none for today. I mean, that's where most of our frees are contributing towards. But um, other than that, I, I would want to say the Suns uh, locked down uh, our perimeter pretty well because, I mean, most of our guys just went straight to the rim pretty easily. Yeah, so maybe that's part of it. But it is just odd to me. Like, you you have, like, really good three-point shooters. And you just, they're just not – like, Kevin Herter is not going to – he probably yeah, – maybe. But, like, I doubt he would end up shooting 50%, like, from the, from the three-point line for the rest of the season. But, you know, he's missing some wide-open ones. And, you know, credit to him. He found other ways to contribute. Eight for 15, like, without making a three, got to 18 points. So credit to him. But you know, like, yeah, if he's not hitting threes, it, it can it can be a little tough. But he found other ways to contribute. Mm-hmm. And then you got to find a way to get Keegan Murray going. They tried a lot with posting him up. He's just got to find his rhythm back. He did hit one three this game, but like he was what he was what we wish you know, just a guy that can sleepwalk to like thirteen points or something like that. Now, of course, that is a high expectations for a rookie, but he's got to refine his mojo a little bit because he. I don't think he's lost confidence per se, but he's definitely just not making shots. And it's again, it's just a bit odd. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely driving to the rim more, I would say, uh, even though like, he got blocked a couple of times and, you know, uh, you know, tried his best to make what he can. But uh, yeah, hopefully we could kind of fit a role for him other than you know i mean his defense is pretty much what's prevalent out there right now throughout these uh past games that he's been in a slump yeah he's just he's kind of whatever for me on defense like he's a wing he's got size he's definitely getting caught with some veteran moves there was there was a play where you know he kind of just like yeah mikhail bridges drew the contact on him and for an and one like he's he's just got to learn um how to just play defense at the nba level Again, that will figure itself out with the rest of the defense. But right now, he's just in a bit of a slump. Like, as you mentioned, like, it's weird. I, I just I just don't – I don't understand why he's not getting out of transition more. Um, like, he, what, that was one of, like, his selling points um, when we did his uh, draft analysis. Like, is he's not doing it for some odd reason. And even though the Kings are playing very fast. Um, so we'll see if he can figure it out. Um, Harrison Barnes just had a weird game, one for four, but it felt like he did contribute. But you know, long stretches of being just silent. Yeah, he's kind of like that. I'm, I don't know. I would I wouldn't say it's a game to game basis at this point. I mean, as of right now, he's kind of like he could be Mister Reliable and he could be, yeah, a ghost pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he just. Like, I just want to see more shot attempts. I know, I just understand it's not really him. But, like, when he scores well, the Kings usually do well. And, you know, talk talk about, like, you know, when he scores well, the Kings do well. Like, some bonus, 8 for 10 for this game. And, like, I, I even remember the two shots he missed, and they were kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. But it felt I felt like he needs more shots. If you're going to be that efficient, like, DeAndre in, very... I used to, I I thought he was a lot better than this, but like he's not he does not impress me at all for the most part. Um, so like you know go at him like get him into foul trouble and just you know command the ball a little bit more because guess what your other co-star weird weird game like De'Aaron Fox four for twelve for this game uh, only for eleven points just he's I don't know what it is with him I just feel he's not attacking the rim as much is that is that just me. Yeah, which is weird because, I mean, his friend Malik Monk attacked the rim like at will. Um, surprisingly, he only played 28 minutes and 43 seconds. That's kind of weird, too. I thought he would have played more, but he didn't check in as much as well. Yeah, like it seemed like Mike Brown seems to have a bit of a of a short leash with him for, for whatever reason. Like he he just as something feels a little off with him right now. Again, not really attacking the rim, and there was a there was a play in the in the uh, in the fourth quarter where the Kings had the momentum, 
And like he ended up getting Jock Lawndale switched onto him in the perimeter with, you know, time on the shot clock. Now, granted, he had just hit a three, but he ends up settling for a three. And that's the kind of stuff he needs to clean up. And he needs to understand you have Jacques Lawndale on you, which means he's not down there to protect the rim. And there is a very small chance that he's going to be able to stay in front of you. Go by him and get to the rim. Why settle for a three? These are the kinds of decisions that he needs to kind of iron out. Like, you know, I hate to bring up this, this comparison. If that was Ja, Ja is going right to the rim and score. De'Aaron could do the exact same thing. And, you know, he needs to understand that. Yeah, I mean, this is only one game out of the many he uh, he has played well in. So hopefully this is just a one-game anomaly, and uh, hopefully he bounces well, back. Well, the thing is, it's not really been that, has it? It's been three games. And granted, Ooh. these three games, like, they've had an elite wing defender. Yeah, Mikel Bridges on him. He was just crazy ridiculous long. And, you know, the other games, they had Clint Capella and DeJounte Murray and then Marcus Smart and some someone down there, I guess Al Horford. But, like, they've, he's had per, tough perimeter defenders on him. But it's, I don't know, like, you're if you're going to be an all-star, like, they can't stay in front of you. Mm. You, you know, you got to attack, like, relentlessly. And part of it is, like, I guess he just, like, I wasn't even thinking about this. Like, he maybe just needs to embrace contact more. Now, granted, I know they don't call a lot of fouls on like when he drives, but honestly, just attack the rim every time and just, you know, force it a few times. Like it, it really felt like he was a bit of a ghost for, for a lot of like the fourth quarter. And of course he got, he got benched a bunch of times for Davion, but like, you know, he, if he's, if he's going to be an all-star this year, he needs to be able to command these games. And right now, a big reason why they're not playing, why they're not playing as well is because he's not playing as well. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't been drawing that many fouls in general. So, I mean, may, who knows what's uh, happening around him. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, he needs to pick it back up because a lot of this team's success is reliant on him being a star. Like, you know, even in the Miami game, for example, like um, in the Golden 1 Center, he didn't shoot well during that game but he still found ways to contribute. But in this game, 11 points and five assists, that, that's not enough. Three blocks, though. But, you know, it's, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that uh, we got to shout out Malik Monk. Malik Monk has been on fire lately. 12 for 17 for 30 points, you know, two for five from three. He's been on fire. He's been kind of picking up the slack. But you can't waste a game like this, you know, where Malik Monk goes off. And, you know, again, Fox needs to be better. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, there. Okay, so about just quick, quick note about the defense. There was a moment in the second quarter uh, where TD um, kind of st- like it was his. He was supposed to help on a drive where DeAndre Ayton got a layup, and you know Mike Brown immediately calls a timeout, essentially singles him out and talks to him directly. Walks over to the spot like right under the rim in the paint and tells him he needs to be there early. And lo and behold, two two or three possessions later, TD takes a charge on Aiden. And while TD is heading to the bench, he, you know, they're smiling, like Mike Brown saying, that's what I'm talking about. That's th- that's cause for optimism for me, just because that's the kind of stuff that the Kings are working on. And the Mike Brown wants to drill into these guys. And TD, like Mike Brown is tough on him, but he's, you know, he's learning. And, you know, Mike Brown is more than willing to teach and again, that's kind of just one of those little things that, you know, you hope is kind of a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's up to the players that needs to be uh, executing these type of plays. And hopefully by the end of this, we could see uh, more of this and uh, probably better team defense as well. I like, you know, we, we shit it on the defense. There were moments and it was just one of those things where, you know, the Kings just, like, he, they played well enough to be able to win, but there's little things they need to just get better at. And again, if you if you play such shit defense for, like, the beginning of the game, like, that can cost you. They need to play 48 minutes better. Like, you can't, like, sure, they have the firepower to hang with any team, but, you know, just play a little bit of defense so you don't have to rely on it. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, that's it for the game. Uh, I'll just, some. Oh, sorry, were you about to say something? Oh, no. 
Okay, but uh, just a few quick note, uh, uh, other notes, not like during the game, but uh, Lyles, Trey Lyles was out tonight with a non-COVID illness, and apparently uh, Band-Aid Monk is no longer a thing because the streak ended in Atlanta, and he is no longer going to rock the Band-Aid. Oh, I mean, that's too bad, <laughs> I guess. Well, we will miss you, ba- uh, Band-Aid gang. Uh so uh, in other news, uh, specifically on De'Aaron Fox, uh, De'Aaron Fox, and has, it was announced with Chris Haynes that um, De'Aaron and Rasay are expecting a baby boy in February. Mm, congrats to them. Congratulations to them. You know, you hope, the, you hope the best for them. And maybe De'Aaron Fox gets that baby boost. You know, famously, Fred Van Vliet had a baby uh, during the playoffs. And he went from a pumpkin to just to beating the Golden State Warriors in the finals. So <laughs> hopefully that's hopefully that baby that baby a boost is a real thing. We'll see. Um, another news with uh, De'Aaron Fox: he has now officially been announced as part of Clutch Sports now. So um, yeah, so he is now officially part of you know winky face LeBron's agency. It really is run by Rich Paul, but you know, it's mostly kind of, it's a running joke that it's basically LeBron's shadow agency, essentially. Um, for interesting note about this is uh, Draymond Green tweeted about it. And he, and this is, this is a quote from him. Uh, why does hiring Rich Paul have to be viewed as a move to get traded? Why isn't it's simply the truth. Why, which is Rich is the best in the business in capital letters. At some point, the disrespect in this industry must stop. Huh. What do you take from that? I mean, does it really matter uh, whatever player signs with him or not and views it as a, whatchamacallit, a potential trade to whoever LeBron plays for? Well, first of all, what, what in the hell did the Lakers have to trade for us? nothing <laughs> two two unprotected picks that apparently that they're unwilling to part way with part ways with <laughs> like eh but I, I i don't know but i i get it it's a it's a running joke it doesn't happen as often as people think and you know like sure kcp lonnie walker um who, who, who's another good candidate you know, okay, th- those are the those are the two I can immediately think of that you know quote, joined LeBron and and got paid. Well, Lonnie Walker kind of got paid, but here, here's the thing about those two guys: they need they kind of needed Clutch to get the money. If that makes any sense, I mean, granted, KCP had an eighty million dollar extension waiting for him, but like those guys are role players. No disrespect to them; they're not stars like De'Aaron. De'Aaron will get a max at, you know, when his contract is up, when it's time for an extension. He doesn't need, you know, a super agent to negotiate that for him. What this move has been kind of like speculated for is more or less just for shoot like endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like hiring Rich Paul doesn't always mean that they're going to join up with LeBron. They're going to join the Lakers. The Anthony Davis trade kind of really made rich paul infamous but you know get switching to a new agent doesn't always mean a trade yeah i mean pretty much like like i said what really does the lakers have to give up unless they're giving up half their assets pretty much all their assets at this point and i'm not even sure if we want ad to be honest at this point i i wouldn't yeah like don't get me wrong when ad plays it's in, it's incredible when he's healthy it's it's you know he's one of the best players in the league that's the caveat it, you know you know asterisk when he's healthy i just don't trust it so that's just mm-hmm. me lebron is not gonna play until he's 15 <laughs> i know he i know he's defied all odds but i think i can be pretty safe to say you know the guy will retire at some point and i don't think we're getting lebron is what i'm trying to say so i don't know what they'll trade we'll, we'll see in a few years things can change but I'm not freaking out about this at all. Oh, no, definitely not. All right. Originally, we were going to talk about the 49ers right away, but we got to quickly interject that because we just watched the Pacers versus the Lakers where the the Lakers lose in a heartbreaker on a game-winning three by Andrew Nemhart. Andrew who, honestly. But, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Lakers. Yeah. Poor, 
poor Laker fans. I do feel for them to a certain degree. Like, I mean, they, they were what up 17 and just let me see what their shooting was. They shot 11 for 31, which actually isn't all that bad, but this, wow. The Pacers ended up making 17 threes. Yeah. I mean, good for Tyrese, good for Ben Matherin and good for Andrew Nem Nemhard. I think is how you pronounce it. And don't forget buddy. Yeah, good, good job. One for six from three. Five for 13. Sounds about right. <laughs> Plus three, though. Shout out to him. But, you know, I'm, exi- I'm excited when they when they come uh, on Wednesday. I-, I will be at that game. Uh, you will not. Yeah, sadly enough. I wish I was there. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll maybe I'll send you some pictures. I, I might shed a tear when they actually, you know, actually play a video for a guy returning. Or two Ooh. guys, uh, hopefully two, because it's kind of weird if you don't do a Buddy heel. I know, that's if right. Do, if you're going to do a Tyrese one. I mean, I was surprised they didn't do one for Marvin. Like, nothing at all. They, like, you know, and maybe he just anticipated it, but, like, Scott Moe was just like, from Duke, Marvin Bagley. And then, boo! Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. yeah, I think I will shed a tear when they do the tribute. Yeah, will you be cheering for Buddy or will you be booing? I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be cheering. I was cheering for Marvin too. Like, I know I like, I like Marvin. Things didn't work out, and you know, things didn't work out with Buddy either. Like situations, we were just at different points of our career. He was at a different point in his career, and he needed a change of scenery. I don't blame him for it. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I am, of course, more reasonable than most Kings fans. He he might get some booze, even though I don't really think he deserves it. I'm, honestly, I don't think any King, former King, really ever deserves it. But life is life. People are a bit much sometimes. So, but you know, I, I will be cheering for everyone. Mm-hmm. All right. So, talk about your 49ers. They won, right? I believe. Uh, yes, thirteen and zero. Thirteen and zero. Wow. The other team didn't even score. Jesus. Yep, against the Saints. The Saints are, are the Saints good this year? I always hear about them. That's why. Uh, I mean, they're kind of eh, eh, yeah. <laughs> that's all I could say. Uh, all I can remember from this game is that pretty much everyone contributed um, on uh, both sides of rushing and uh, receiving. So that's pretty nice. I mean, in terms of fantasy, if I were to go that route, it's it's not good, but in terms of team offense, very nice. And Jimmy, Jimmy's becoming that kind of quarterback that we can rely on now because, my goodness, I have not seen him throw an interception in a while. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. They play against pretty shitty teams as of, as of late, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you could say so, but it's like, I mean – you'll take it right yeah pretty much uh it's uh when it comes to uh closer to the later half of the um season that we'll uh expect to see how the niners can fare off Hmm. i mean that i mean that's a good thing um you know just taking the good vibes and like you know you can like smash a few teams and then you can gain some confidence and you know, like what what I'm hearing is that like 49ers have weapons. It's just you know Jimmy G, you know may or may not be the guy who can truly utilize those weapons to their maximum potential. But he's he's fine for the most part. It's, it's kind of the vibe I get, right? Oh yeah, he's he's do, it's like I said, he just does his job. <laughs> like he knows the system, he just does it. <laughs> Follows what Kyle Shanahan does, and the rest of the team will follow as well. And that's how it goes pretty much with this 49ers offense. Okay. Well, like, you know, I, look, I, I don't watch enough football to know, but at least in basketball, like in the playoffs, it's it's really just about not hurting the team when you're out there. Like you, you don't have to like be a total, like a complete positive, but as long as you're just competent, you can survive for the most part, as long as like the other guys come through. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, didn't really pay attention to the Saints side of things, um, but I remember reading that Alvin got like two fumbles, so that was pretty bad, especially one on the end zone, which uh, not good. Yeah, I can hear Chisel Adonis playing the uh, clip. You know what happened to his hands? 
but you know, like it's not the 49ers, so it doesn't really matter. So, you know, good on good on the 49ers for winning. And who do they face next? Let's see. I believe it's Dolphins on the December 4th. Oh, let me see. Check. The guy he, I always see with the Dolphins is uh, Waddle, right? Who? Waddle. Last name. Oh, yeah. But the, 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 the Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's on that team. Okay. Yeah, Tyreek's also in that team. Uh, it'll be a tough offensive matchup. Well, how would I say this? It'll, it'll definitely be uh, decently tough, I, I would assume, um, because I don't know about our corners protecting those uh, receivers, so we'll have to see about that. Um, other than that, I'm not too familiar with their defense, so I'm pretty sure we'll find out something to expose them. Uh, so you're expecting a win? I'll say I, I want to say it's a it's going to be a close win because both offenses, uh, both the Miami and San Francisco 49ers, I would say are good in their own right, and it's I think it's up to the, their defenses to stop each other. And the 49ers have the best defense in the league, right? I I, I can't say that anymore. I don't I, I actually do not know. Uh I would say we're still top ten. I don't know if we're like the best, in my opinion. Well, so like the way I again we'll go back to NBA because I'm a NBA junkie, not an NFL junkie. To me, as long as you're in the top 10, you're actually more or less fine. Like, if you're a top one, great. Doesn't matter all that much in the regular season because in the playoffs, you kind of get picked. You you get picked up for your weaknesses. So, like, you know, look at Utah Jazz for the past few years. Milwaukee Bucks before they won the championship. Like, you know, number one, number two, number three. Like, top five defenses gets absolutely picked apart in the playoffs. So, you know, as long as you're in the top ten and you have, like, a versatile scheme and like a versatile like lineup you're good to go oh yeah definitely in football you'll be surprised how like easily and how quick um teams can expose uh other teams offense or defense pretty easily because there's so many so much play making and play calling is is ridiculous and also like let's not forget one game like i I could just never get over that like you know just maybe it's just a game like everything goes right for one team and everything goes wrong for the other team like you can just never kind of game plan for that kind of stuff and sometimes it is it is just what it is and again as long as you're in the top although i don't know how many nfl teams there are but like as long as you're like in the top like you know 10 percentile like you're good to go Oh, yeah, pretty much. And I don't think we would have to worry about too much with the Niners. I mean, I have faith they'll get to the playoffs. Um, it's just they got to keep their, uh, you know, momentum going pretty much. And hopefully no more, no injuries, because so far we've, I think, I think we're pretty good with that in that sense. I, I did hear that Christian McCaffrey was listed with knee irritation, whatever the fuck that is. Hmm. Well, I mean, I would, I would want to say to uh, save him because I mean he's what he's our best running back, and I don't want him getting injured now and you know being a season ending and you know not uh, have him you know, be utilized because I want to say Elijah Mitchell is also out. Uh, actually. I don't, I don't remember hearing Christian McCaffrey being injured. Hold on. Yeah, that's what I heard um, like today at ESPN 1320, just because, you know, like he's out. And then also like, you know, Elijah Mitchell is also out. So you guys just have a uh, bunch of injuries. Oh, yeah. You're right. Christian McCaffrey is banged up. Elijah Mitchell, I, I remember reading this earlier on ESPN. He has an MCL injury so he's gonna be out for six to eight weeks yeah, that's basically the season isn't it pretty much uh, let me think pretty pretty much unless somehow he could come back earlier for the playoffs but i i don't know i mean you know save, save him for the playoffs don't don't rush back you know you yeah. just never know oh yeah 
We shall see. Well, happy for you and your 49ers. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to what maybe most people are looking forward to. The Game of Thrones recap. All right, so you just informed me right before we started recording. You have now finished season four and are, what, halfway through season five? Uh, just about. Let me check what specific episode real quick. But just to, you know, start off this talk, um, I... I I remember seeing uh, one of our friends showed me the uh, Brienne and Hound fight like a while back, and I just remembered how awfully it was like, kind of like portrayed because of how many like uh, like camera angles and like movement the camera makes is like there was no it was wwe style camera cuts yeah there's like no still shot of them just pointing out fighting until like you know i guess somewhat towards the fist fight but other than that i was like my gosh i I just want to watch the fight (laughs) come on (laughs) well what's going on they're just like (laughs) moving yeah yeah wait wait till later (laughs) it kind of gets worse i was was let you know (laughs) right now but uh, anything, uh, anything else kind of catch him? How about this? Uh, what did you think of a uh, Shay betraying uh, Tyrion? Oh, that was heartbreaking. That was a twist for me because you know, uh, I never got spoiled for that, to be honest. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, especially when he calls out Ty, when I'm like, Ew. no. <laughs> So this. like so that's the that's the thing about like Game of Thrones. You you can be spoiled by like Red Wedding or whatever, but there's so many things that you, you just that you can't be spoiled with everything. Like the Tywin stuff was incredible to me. Like again, as you as you mentioned, like same thing for me. It was heartbreaking to see the shade thing. Like that was genuine. Like it bro- it broke Terry. <laughs> it really did. And oh, then, yeah. and then you know, of with with his uh, father of all people, you know, sleeping with her all of a sudden is just, and then him having to kill her, like again, the heart heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, and, you know, it is kind of sad to see Tywin go, especially looking back. It is very, it is actually kind of sad to see Tywin go, even though he is an evil, evil bastard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was one of the perfect times for him to go because it kind of walks up more later part of the story uh you know coming into uh, season five which i'm a little excited for because i mean what are they gonna do now i mean there's only two lannisters with jamie and uh the queen. Well, well, well technically the te- well queen. technically <laughs> technically three there's a uh, there's Mar- not marissa Marcel- marcella I-, I forgot her name it is the daughter of well jamie and uh jamie and cersei and oh. uh and tommen how how far are you into Tommen right now? Tommen, so Tommen got married. So, uh, I am starting episode four of season five. So I, I'm not really halfway, but yeah, so he, far he's king. He's king already, right? Yeah, so far he's king. So far he's married to uh, Marjorie. Marjorie, yeah, and that's pretty much it for that uh, part of the story like like me me and my me and our buddy like we, we he watched game of thrones and he he like talked about how cersei's not all that smart right and like you know i didn't yeah. think about it at the time like you know she seems very smart because she's a very schemy she's a schemy bitch to say the least she is she's the villain of the of the story mm-hmm. and you know thinking back she really isn't all that smart she's a bit manipulative and just honestly one of the most petty people i've ever seen but like you think about like how you know he she wasn't able to control uh joffrey at all she just she lost control of him after he became king he just had the worst attitude but then you see how marjorie manipulates men like she knows how to she knows how to control men mm-hmm. oh yeah she does <laughs> and you know like joffrey she had in the palm of her hand Tommen, it was just that that was easy money like it's just she's incredible oh yeah and i guess we'll see how much more she could do because as of right now i mean she's just talking smack to cersei like oh should i call you queen or should i call you 
mother queen or should i call you I, I, sister I, yeah sister or former and, and then she and then she responded i'm gonna fucking kill you if you call me sister again <laughs> so you know i don't think that would be happening I, I i will say the best part of the marjorie stuff for me the grandma's so funny oh man she's amazing yeah. I hope to see more scenes with her, but so far... The, the funny thing is, um, just sorry to cut you off, but like in the book, the grandma's not there that much, but just seeing how popular she ended up being and how great the actor was, like she actually got more scenes than she should have in the book. Oh, huh, congrats on her, Dan. That's pretty nice because I I cannot see how uh, that side of the like, family can uh, <laughs> be any relevance without her. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm gonna assume you were spoiled on the Red Viper stuff. I I have no idea what that is. Or... Oh, the Red Viper. Um, the, the 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 I don't even really the the Dorn guy. You got crushed by the mountain. Oh, jeez. I, I I watched so many episodes uh, since the last talk that I I totally forgot. Oh yeah, I mean Pedro Pascal. Oh man. It's yeah. impossible to be spoiled by that, but like the, the thing is, like we all, I, you 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 were spoiled by it, right? Yeah, I was spoiled by it a while back, and um, yeah, I like I knew it was coming, but oh man, it it just hits hard because he was trying to avenge his sister and all, and uh. yeah, and like the thing is, like that moment where he becomes a champion—that's an epic moment. That's unfortunately, I'll never be able to experience that moment because, like, at that point, we didn't know who was going to represent Tyrion, and all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere. Yeah, he's this badass, and honestly, should have actually won, but he was a cocky little shit. Yeah, and it's unfortunate he's not in the series more. He is a fun character, um, interesting character, but like, yeah, um, unfortunate he died. The the mountain is. You know, he, he's going to be a fixture in the series. Just, I see. I'll just, I'll just let you know about that. Yeah, so um, far he's still uh, bedridden. But, you know, I mean, the dorm guy, I mean, he he's done better stuff uh, after Game of Thrones, not going to lie. He's, he's in a lot of big stuff. Yeah, I've heard he's a very prominent actor, to say the least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, anything else happened in between? So, yeah, Tywin dies. What, what, what was your reaction? I mean, expected, not going to lie. I mean, for Tyrion to do that, I, I, to be honest, I I felt like it was bound to happen. Like what, I a, said, what a way to end the season, though, like for real. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. I, I, I swore that I thought um, Tyrion was going to get caught because, my gosh, he took... He took his time, no guards around. I was also surprised by that. I'm like, geez, he's he's gonna get caught. He's gonna get caught. Then all of a sudden he knocks on the door and out comes very 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 yes. And they get shipped out to uh hopefully see um Daenerys. And pretty much after all that, um Daenerys is I guess former right hand man catches Ty- Ty- uh, Tyrion, excuse me. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I kind of left off at with that side of the story. Um, I mean, what, what what are your thoughts on Varys, I guess, throughout the series? Because, like, he's not really, he's not a guy that, like, stands out, but, like, what, what have been your thoughts on Varys? Like, from the start all the way to now? I mean, he's kind of like that kind of character who's sneaky and you can't you don't know what he's going to do next, in my opinion. He's kind of like... Uh, Littlefinger? <sighs> Littlefinger, like, you, you definitely know you can't trust. But that's, with, a, that's an evil son of a yeah, bitch, yeah. With, with Varys, he's like, I feel like I could trust you, but at the same time, I shouldn't. Kind of, kind of feeling. Okay. Um, okay. Um, that's interesting. Uh, what about Jamie? What, has your, what is your opinion of him now? Yeah. Uh, Kind of feel sorry for him in many ways. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Um, I mean, I like him as a character, but I mean, he's uh, he's born into uh, a very crappy situation. I mean, he saved Tyrion pretty much, and uh, surprisingly, didn't get punished for it for the most part. I mean, he his. I mean, like you know, it's. I think it's safe to say at this point, he's kind of turned babyface. Like 
and yeah. it, it all started with like his relationship with Tarion because like you know Tarion for the most part has been a good person he, he he's definitely like a good guy yeah he, he's a Lannister which makes it tricky but he more or less is the good like Lannister out of all this and to see that they have a really good relationship that was kind of the key of course like he went through a lot of trauma like getting his hand chopped off and all that stuff but like you know him like having such a good relationship with Jamie like that's that kind of turned to baby face for me uh, at this point mm -hmm. oh yeah and also it doesn't help he keeps getting made fun of by just about everyone it, uh. it's one of the it's kind it's it's actually really funny if you look back at it but like you know the 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 comment that Joffrey made to him like you little sack of shit and then yeah. he dies later on in the episode so you know you know it serves him right but yeah Jamie a lot of care a lot of like he's he's one of the biggest like developed characters in the series mm -hmm. oh yeah like from beginning to end or from where I'm at right now he his character development definitely changed a lot unlike Cersei <laughs> yeah uh, Cersei Cersei's just evil for, for the sake she is just really really petty I think it's hilarious no pretty much uh what else is there oh I guess Arya I mean, she's she's dealt with a lot. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, for whatever she dealt with with King's Landing and you know that side of the world to going to Bravos and you know now in this what I don't I don't even know where she's at this black and white. I oh. forgot the name of it. You're you're some you're somewhere close, uh, but I don't know the name. I forgot. I see. Other than that, um, oh yeah, Jon Snow. My gosh, that that side kind of uh, took a pretty big turn of events. Uh, what you call it? the Wild Wings attacking Castle Black, and I didn't expect this, but uh, what's what's his name? Um, Stannis Baratheon and his army all of a sudden just comes out after he talks to you know the Iron Bank of Bravos. I was like, my gosh, where where did you come from? It's like a well, what do they call it in WWE? Just a a run-in, <laughs> interference. Yeah, like he calls oh, a disqualification. <laughs> like what you want to call it? Just an unexpected, uh, uh, like uh, turn of events. Really, like I, I really thought um, it would have ended differently with um, Jon Snow trying to talk to the Wild Wing leader. Um, I forgot his name already. I, I know you're talking, but I forgot his name too yeah so um yeah i'm i'm like where, where do you come from how you get to the north side of the wall and uh you know have this like huge army and she, i mean geez you're you're ready to take down uh what you want to call it, king's landing with this well unfortunately he couldn't because wildfires what? right but he already lost at king's landing remember Oh geez, I, I die. <laughs> no, it's not, yeah, a it's not a spoiler. No, he already lost. Yeah, yeah, he he lost the first time, which I mean, all credit to Tyrion because, my gosh, he no, he, no, no, all credit to to Joffrey. He he did that shit. Oh yeah, that's right. He got the new sword. He got the statue. He did that shit. Yeah. Oh he yeah. He totally wasn't you know you know getting you know hiding in the hole, getting ready to die basically. Uh yeah. Other than that, uh, let's see what else. The the uh, we didn't we should have talked about this last. I think we could have talked about last episode, but like the Igrit Igrit getting shot by Ollie, that was pretty. That was a yeah. That was pretty uh, heartbreaking too. Yeah, I know. But he was all smiling too. It's like I got you, Jon Snow, and Jon Snow's like no motherfucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> by the way that scene i guess it makes sense but like because castle black is just so formidable there was like 50 there was like 50 was it was it crows against what hundred thousand soldiers and somehow the 50 dudes won yeah i, I, I can't think, get over that i think in the beginning they said it was a hundred crows and at the end they barely had 50 to defend for the next fortnight and if I don't know if it was me, but just watching through scene through scene during those fights, I'm like, 
you you guys killed more than 50 for sure <laughs> i don't know where you're getting these numbers from but it feels like a very uh swayed number <laughs> for sure yeah, my, i don't know i'm just i'm just perplexed like just you're like sure a hundred one hundred versus a hundred thousand and somehow you somehow the hundred thousand loses I don't know, man. I, I yeah, sure, high ground, whatever. You have the entire fortress, but it's like, come on, guys, step your game up, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I guess the final story is uh, with Sansa, man, <laughs> getting getting a what you call range marriage to uh, Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. That's um. Yeah, she she's dealt with a lot too, sadly. How, how far have you got on that one? So far, they made it to the the like fort fort something moat or whatever, whatever the um. So uh, so guess. they already had the ceremony. No, they haven't. Okay. No, so I'm uh, probably not at that point yet. So yeah, I mean, Littlefinger. I mean, dear gosh, I thought Sansa was really going, just going to go for Littlefinger. I'm like, uh, and then Littlefinger's like, oh, no, you're getting married <laughs> to someone else. I'm like, oh, no, not him. Like, she, she's like, went from, uh, gosh, just everyone from King's Landing to, from like, trying to marry her to, Get, getting married, getting, getting married off to somewhere. Yeah, it's, getting married to Tyrion, and then now she's getting married to Ramsay. It's just, yeah, and I, just I, oh. I forgot how she was described, but it's like this poor, this little, not innocent. I guess innocent would be a way to describe it. This innocent thing that's just been kind of ping pong balled around, like all of uh, Westeros, like for the sake of alliances, like this this pawn essentially uh wait what do you mean like oh. just co constantly used for political advantage you know yeah because i mean i i guess she technically rules north unless somehow john snow accepts stannis baratheon's offer of um joining him in his army to take over back king's landing and he he somehow takes over the north but I mean, as of right now, Sansa has the what you call it? I guess the political power, yeah, the inheritance that uh, you know, takes over the North. Which at the moment, I want to say Ramsey and his family does at the moment. Yes, the Boltons. Yeah, the Boltons and Dion. Like my, my gosh, he he's washed up. Do do you feel sorry for him at this point? At this point, I'm just like, what in the fuck, man? Well, he he used to be this huge egoed guy to just a oh my gosh, like his sister tried to save him, and I'm like, thank God, get get him out of here. And he's like, no, no, I, I want to stay. And I'm like, no, get out. Oh gosh, I was. Look, I'm an advocate for mental health. He's definitely going through a mental health episode. At the same He's, time, what the yeah, fuck, man? What the fuck is this? Yeah, uh, I feel I feel sorry for sure. Yeah, he he he's his storyline is tough. Oh, I'll just I'll just let you know. Mm. It, it gets better though, don't you? Don't worry. Hopefully. All right, I think that's all I've got. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, or anything else you remember? Try to remember, but. I mean, that's quite a lot for, you know, almost like what, a 10 episode recap from where I'm at right now. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, that's definitely a lot to re like to remember. But, you know, like it, 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 you're in the prime of uh, Game of Thrones right now because like see like seasons like four to six or you can even put seven in there. I, I enjoyed seven. Like that, those are the prime years of Game of Thrones. So you're mm. you're at the peak of it right now, or okay. you're it's a and it's a pretty good peak. Okay, that's good. I mean, excited to you know watch more. Hopefully, I'll have time sometime, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here.
Okay, last thing I just want to quickly talk about. Um, I watched Survivor Series. I look, there's only one thing I want to talk about, and it's the bloodline and Sammy. Okay. Now, the report right now is that Sammy is going to face Roman at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. That oh. makes sense and all, but it, I don't, I don't, you didn't listen to the last episode, right? Uh, sadly, I did. <laughs> you did, well, you did or you didn't? Did I thought you, I thought you said sadly you did. Um, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I said, I, my pitches for Roman to go into the Royal, to actually go into the Royal Rumble. And the Royal Rumble is for the championship. Whichever one you want. Like, put on both, put on one of them, I don't care. And my pitch is for Sammy to win the Royal Rumble and take the belt off of Roman right there. Because Roman doesn't get pinned. And also, that opens him up to face The Rock. And The Rock, him versus The Rock doesn't need the title. And then I would pitch Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Because Sami Zayn is so hot right now. He is, he, like, the Bloodline story, Bloodline storyline with him is so good. And Elimination Chamber, or not Elimination Chamber, Survivor Series War Games. Like, granted, not the, not like in a, like, not like a work rate five-star match, but by storyline, like just the tension with him and Jay, them hugging at the end, just everything about it is so good right now. Him essentially like officially turning on Kevin Owens and kind of like looking really conflicted. It's great. It's just great right now. And this is going to be the hottest storyline. And I think it's time to cash in. I mean, granted, the Royal Rumble is not, in, it's like two months away, but cash in at the Royal Rumble, man. I think that's time. I, I know Montreal is Montreal, and he's from Montreal, by the way. So that's going to be a hot crowd. But if he, I want him to win the, the title at the Royal Rumble. Mm, that's interesting. So you're saying that Sammy should betray the bloodline to get the title or one of the titles? Yes. Mm, which, I mean, I, I feel like it's bound to happen. Not going to lie, just looking at it that way. But, ooh. It's just ha- having him to win that Royal Rumble to get that chance, huh? Like, my, my thing is, like, maybe he doesn't even officially... Maybe he doesn't even eliminate Roman. Maybe he doesn't even have to betray them. Maybe, he, like, someone else just, you know, like, el- eliminates Roman, and then whoever... And then Sammy eliminates whoever eliminates Roman. Like, there's a lot of ways you can go about this. Hell, honestly, I mean, like, I- I'm not the biggest fan of it. You can just have Roman take it to the take it to WrestleMania and just face the rock but like my thing my thing is like the rock is not winning that title and it's a bit predictable and you know like you can just have the match like without the titles that's fine like they're those are the two biggest stars then make it the main event but like put another spotlight on the sammy on like sammy and ko because like that's a wrestlemania feud definitely yeah, definitely so, and I guess well, we shall see, because, I mean, I haven't been keeping up with WWE, so I have no idea what you're talking about. The, part of this and, time. and also, like, the plan right now is that it's going to be um, Kevin Owens and Sammy uh, challenging the Usos for the Tag Team Championship. That's a great, that's a great plan. That's a, mm. well, that's a good plan. I think the great plan is to have them win the Royal Rumble. I just think there's you, you got to strike while the iron's hot, and right now it's steaming fucking hot right now. And sure, like you know, the return of Cody changes things too. Like there, there's a lot of ways you can go, but I I, just, I want Sammy to become champion right now because he's he's on the he's in the best storyline right now. This is gonna be one of the peaks of his career because it's so fucking good. And you know, cash in on it. He can be an amazing babyface. That babyface turn will be amazing. It will be so loud. Have him win the championship on top of that. That'd be amazing. Well, I guess we shall see. We shall see. Uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about before we end the episode? Mm, nope. But I guess we're pretty excited to see how the Pacers game go against the Sacramento Kings. Seeing the return of Tyrese and uh, Buddy. I mean, like, it's actually a good thing that they won, you know, against the Lakers. So they're not as angry and just with a sense of urgency, if you will. It will be a good game, but 
if it, and it will be a you know a bit you know it will be a shootout but i think the king's gonna win this one definitely and it's one of those games where you kind of need to win too because you're on a three-game losing streak now and you know th- say what you want about it they lost some good teams and you know there's a lot they can improve upon and i think they i think they will and you know i, I want to see ben mathrin i has i just haven't had a chance to really catch him but you know with him coming off the bench like you can match him up with davion and davion should be able to not put the clamps on him completely but he could definitely limit him i think oh yeah and we'll we'll be able to see that hopefully on wednesday yep i'm really looking forward to it because i will be there as, oh as yeah I said. lucky you yeah all right um since uh that we are out of topics to talk about we can call this one a night uh thank you guys for listening We'll catch you guys back um, probably a day after the, probably on Thursday, if anything. Uh, So yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. And we'll see you guys later.